Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul, Rand McNally. We've recently released our family's first almanac in over 50 years, and now we're setting out on a new journey. Using Rand's old travel journal as our guide, we're visiting his 20 all-time favorite towns. We'll be counting down the greats as given by our great-great-grandfather and want you, the listener, to come along for the ride. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Welcome to these parts. I am one of your hosts, Elliot McNally, and to complete the holy trinity between myself and you, the listener, is, of course, my brother and co-host, Vince McNally. Vince, how are you doing this week? Elliot, I'm doing great. I will start by saying hello, listeners. You forgot that in your little intro. You'd think after over 100 episodes, crisscrossing this great United States, that we'd have it down to a science well, you know what? It's more an art than a science. So you get a pass in my book, Elliot. Hey, I, I wanted to try something new. I think it worked out well. We'll have to look at the results, the the second-by-second second results that we analyze each episode with, and then we'll determine if saying hello, listeners, right away affects anything. Or if saying it five seconds later helps it even more. Listeners, that might have sounded like a foible, but it was actually what we in the business call a double-blind survey. Yeah, so you guys are actually going to be taking part in that. I think, I'm going to predict, Vince, that in this episode, we will see a spike in listenership five seconds into the episode. We can't know these things for certain. To do that, it would take a higher power. And Elliot, a higher power is exactly what drew our great-great-grandfather to this wonderful town so many years ago. That's true, Vince. There's a lot of things that we will never know for certain, but Rand certainly loved this town enough to put it in his top 20 all-time favorite towns, ringing out at number four. I think we should put this town on the map. Listeners, why don't you unfurl your tab presents the map by tab. Uh, if you've got a medallion, stick it in there. Otherwise, crush tab can. You know the drill at this point. Go tab. Woo! I'm hashtag team tab. How about you? Pop open the freshness. Absolutely. Now stick that medallion in San Guanajuato, New Mexico. We're not going to do that ourselves because we have someone very, very special to do it for us, don't we, Elliot? That's very true. Guys, Rand came to this town because he was seeking something different. This is the site of his late in life religious awakening to the born again, born again movement our guest today is a reverend in that same church that Rand belonged to to this day. Can you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Kevin, but you can call me Kev. Oh, hey, Kev. Awesome. Kev, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, and I see you brought your acoustic guitar. I sure did, yeah. It's, uh, it's a double guitar, as you can see, of course. Yeah, it has two necks on it. I've never seen one of those acoustically. That's really interesting. And normally they go sideways, so there's two necks that way. But there's like a neck on each end of this one. It's sort of like um, it's like a bow staff of necks with a tiny guitar in the middle. That's exactly right. It's, um, yeah, it's meant to be played by one or three people. Mm. It's, it's really about togetherness here in San Guajandro. Would you do us the honor of sticking our tab presents Tab Medallion, which obviously is a crushed Tab Cola can, into our map for us. Oh, absolutely. Let me just... Oh, this is... This Tab can is... You can tell it's quality as I hold it. It um, it feels hefty. Oh, yeah. Well for made. Sure. American made. I think we should all join Team Tab. Tab cans are actually 100% lead. It's one of the few soda companies that are still abiding by that age-old tradition in America. Yeah, it's, it's all we drink here, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's... um. 
uh, it's been brought down and passed down through the generations. And uh, for a while, it wasn't being sold, so we just had a stockpile that we were running off of. But we've had it we've had it for years, and um, the health benefits are astounding. So I think that leads us really well into the topic of this town. As we all know, evangelical born-again Christians are fervently opposed to sugar or having fun of any kind, but you guys seem to have taken a different route. Can you explain to us what the born-again, born-again movement is all about? Absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone else. I will tell it through through my personal journey. Um, I was born Thomas George Templeton, and uh, I was born on the south coast of Florida. And there I was... Um, pretty hedonistic in my young days, I'll say. And uh, from there, I, uh, the first time I was born again, I I really thought I had found the faith, and I really thought I had found my one true path, and I just remember being consumed by it. I, you know, I was really, though I was evangelical, I was very into John Paul at the time, and mm-hmm. John Paul II, and so I, I took on my second name, Paul John. I just remember the the constant anxiety of of that lifestyle, and it really, it, it burnt me out so much so that I walked cross-country. I I just picked up one day, and I started walking, and I eventually found myself here and found my second calling, and I was I was born again, again. Very Gumpian part of the tale. Um, <laughs> so when you arrived here in San Guanajuato, you would not be the first nor the last person to see that the town offered a little more perspective, religiously speaking. What is it about the born again, born again movement that is different than the born again, full stop, movement in the first place. Oh, well, we're completely different than the born again movement. Um, you know, the the born again movement wants you to dedicate your entire life to Jesus and you know, we're okay if you want to do that. But, you know, we're we're we fervently believe that you know, it's just it's all fine and it's all cool. We we really try and reach out to other communities to try and uh, bring them to our way of life so that they can understand that, you know, ev- everything's just going to be fine and we don't even really need to think about it that hard. In the uh, the beautiful church that you guys have in the center of town, the first congregation of the Born Again, Born Again movement, there's some amazing stained glass window work with that same mantra, it's all cool, it's all fine. That's right. Yeah, that's been there for about 80 years. It's a, um, a really a beautiful relief work. Um, and, uh, you know, every, whenever I go to church, I, I, I look up at it and I, I just, uh, a calm, a calm just washes over me and whoever happens to be there at the time. Yeah. Because you can go to church maybe once a week, once a month, it doesn't really matter. It's really, um, you can just pass through if you like to some people, um, just kind of stop in if they need a shower or to use the church gym, um, it's very, um, you know, we, we want people to be able to, to commune with the church however they see fit. See, this is beautiful. It's really all about philosophy. And one of the things that uh, the Born Again movement is, the, the classical evangelical is famous for, is their strict and lengthy list of sins. Uh, they think that a life of sin is corrupt and will earn you a one-way ticket to H-E double hockey sticks, if you'll pardon my language. Oh, we will. But the born-again, born-again movement 
it's not so clear what is and isn't a sin. So Elliot and I have prepared a list of are they sins type questions, and we're going to fire them back and forth at you, and you just tell us what your faith believes the verdict on these behaviors is. Oh, that sounds great. All right, Elliot, why don't you kick it off? So I think, Vince, you and I both agreed this was number one on our list. Um, mm. High top sneakers. If that is really what you wish, I think um, I think people would embrace you and would lift you up uh, if you were wearing high top sneakers. Mm, beautiful. Or you could be lifted up yourself. Because of the extra ankle support. Yes. Absolutely. How about alcohol? Um, alcohol is an excellent excellent drug that settles it i agree well what about and and this one i really was was curious about um meat products specifically pork yes um you know pork i a lot of people eat it here uh but a lot of people don't and and that's all totally fine you know everything uh Pardon the pun is kosher here. Uh, you know, at, at our uh, our church barbecues, which sometimes happen inside the church, if that's what people want to do, um, you know, we'll have we'll have different barbecues, actual grills laid out. So really, whatever people want to eat, they can choose their own way, and they can they can make it for themselves. Wow, so open minded. I've got one that's maybe going to up our rating on iTunes to PG thirteen. But, and I'll quote Elliot's writing here, weird ways of doing it. Yeah, we uh, we have a lot of weird ways of doing it, I'll say. We encourage people to do it in the way that they see fit. Uh, really often, the weirder, the better. And uh, for us, it's uh, it's all about doing whatever you'd like to do and then sharing that with the community. The, the weirdest way I've seen so far, not in town, obviously, just, just in my readings on the internet, is something they're calling the Michael Keaton. And this is how you uh, hang from your feet, like when Michael Keaton played Bruce Wayne in the Tim Burton Batman movie. And you somehow do it like that. I mean, so that's, that's totally cool. It's allowed here. A hundred percent. If you look around the town, you will see many pull-up bars, or what you might think are pull-up bars, uh, stationed in alleyways uh, just throughout. Um, but those are really footholds. And, you know, we encourage people to use that as they see fit. You know, it really brings a smile to my face to know that not even something as salacious as weird ways of doing it would make a religious man bat an eyelash. Your eyelashes have gone utterly unbatted the entire conversation, despite the you know the tenuous lines we're treading upon. I'm blowing on your eyelashes right now, and they're not even moving. Right. Some people think that uh, you know, born again, born again people actually can't blink, but that's not true. It's uh, just that we choose not to because you know why miss a moment? Well I said. Those those are words to live by. I mean, in the hyper politicized landscape that we all live in, the born again, born again movement seems to be right in the middle of any spectrum you could even dream of. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they often put those kind of two axes graphs together to see, you know, where you fall on different issues. And mm-hmm. we take pride at always being directly in the center. Yeah, you, you have a lot of graphs laid out here and they're on transparency paper. So you can see that center dot on all these different graphs. Oh, absolutely. You know, we have people, uh, you know, do you prefer apples or oranges? And do you believe in hell or not? 
and we'll be right dead in the center on that one. So before we move on to our next segment, I think we can all imagine what sort of a philosophy that straddles the line between heaven and hell looks like, but what does a philosophy that straddles the line between apple and orange look like? Well, I'll be honest, in the early days of the church, it was... It was quite contentious. Um, at that point, some people had been born again, but they had not been born again, born again. Mm. And um, and at that time, there was a lot of infighting in the church. Uh, people took oranges as an affront to their way of life, and especially to the American born-again way of life. And um, there were riots in the street. People lost entire crops just due to food fights. Um, it was it was very tough, but I think the church came out of it stronger. Um, out of that, it really the born again born agains were able to lay down their apples and sit across from the born agains and just just commune with them and help them understand that hey, oranges provide vitamin C, and if I want to eat one, who's to say one way or the other? Also written in one of your uh, stained glass window artwork. It's a very small glass stain. It's a very long (laughs) phrase to be stained. It's one of those little like garden level windows that you look into a basement. It's written around along the ground. Yes, the the early church when it was written was very literal in explaining exactly what you could do. And of course, it's anything. So uh, just uh, very wordy sacraments and very wordy hymns and psalms that were um, were constructed just to let people know that, hey, it's all cool and it's all going to be fine. Great words to live by. And Vince, I think we should take this conversation from the literal to the metaphysical in our next segment. What do you say? I say, let there be light. And let there be local legends. <laughs> So listeners, Local Legends is our exploration into the many colorful people in the town's present, past, and future that make it so important. And who better to take this mantle up near the zenith of our show and near the center of this episode than the big man himself, we or, or woman, or metaphysical thing. I will leave that to our guest to explain. We're speaking, of course, of God. Capital G on that one, folks. Absolutely. And here, actually, capital G, capital O, and capital D. That's that's the way that we prefer it in town. Though, of course, you could do anything you'd like. If you want to throw other letters in there, that would be completely fine. Just other random letters? Oh, of course. Some people, um, I've, I've known people to, to spell the Lord's name G-O-Z-H-A-A-D. I have a copy of the San Guanajuato Times. It's almost incomprehensible to read. It seems the writers just use any sort of punctuation marks or letters they want. That's correct, yes. And, um, you know, over time you you grow to know your neighbor and know their writing style and how they like to spell different words and what different punctuation marks mean for them. And uh, you will see also in our liturgy, and if you um, read back... um, read, uh, for lack of a better word, our Bible, um, you can you can see that uh, it's, it's present there too. And we believe as God was writing that Bible, God just uh, chose on any given day the, which way to 
spell words, which way to convey meaning, and uh, it gives us a lot of meaning to see that. So there's really two Gospels, listeners, if I can clue you in on a little literature history of the town. There is the pure Gospel of the Born Again, Born Again movement, which is essentially a book full of wingdings and random assemblages of letters. And then there's the transliterated version. And this one is more kind of like a mix between a bathroom reader and chicken soup for the soul and a bunch of Snapple caps. That's a beautiful description. And thank you for that. Some of the pages actually have taped Snapple caps into them. Oh, that's right. Uh, We went through a phase where we really liked Snapple, at least some of us, and then some of us stopped liking it, and we thought, hey, that's fine too. So can you take us into the mind almost, or or the the visage of the God who you guys believe wrote this Bible? And I have it right here, and it doesn't say Bible, it says Glurgle. Um, Oh, right. So maybe that was just a creative decision there. But people in other religions, have different deities that you're not even supposed to depict. However, in the born-again, born-again movement, it is very much encouraged to depict God and talk about him and perceive him however you want, or her, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too risque and have a listener drop off here, but I will say that there's been uh, even a lot of fan art encouraged of God. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, The fan art has been around for, I would say, 50 or so years, and at at this point, I, I don't know a depiction of the Lord that uh, isn't fan art, to be honest. Um, obviously, turning a few pages here, you can see this is of God lifting up a fire engine to save a baby, and uh, here God depicted as a kite. Then hmm. uh, a, f- a few pages down, you can actually see this one's built out of Lego, uh, where God is the house and uh, we are the roof. Oh, um, that's beautiful. That's really nice. Uh, let's. I have a couple earmarked, if you don't mm-hmm. mind. Um, my favorite Bible fan art for the Born Again, Born Again movement, it depicts God as Ron Weasley, and he is kissing Harry Potter. That is a, it's really a beautiful tale, and, and to think of someone so useless, and what a futile existence that Ron Weasley must have lived, and you can just see him kissing, obviously, a, a, a a different person, a better person, you know, as perceived, of course, outside of our religion. Um, it really just shows that to us, hey, if you want to just kind of live your life, you know, moseying through it, being just kind of there, that's great, and everything's going to be fine. I have, Elliot, a sinking suspicion that we will receive thricefold the amount of hate mail for a criticism of Ron Weasley than we would for these what some might say creative interpretations of God. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, But, you know, I think we should press on and keep going. One of the depictions I love the most, God has uh, a ponytail. It looks like he's wearing a Thrasher skateboard magazine shirt, and he's sipping on one of those glass bottle Cokes. And now, I I think this is great. It it just seems like a guy you'd want to hang out with. And I think that's what the Born Again, Born Again movement is all about, right, Kev? Yeah, it's a... It's depicting the God that you see. So um, I know one of our um, uh, one of our famous artists, Chloe, who who actually created that that depiction. Um, that's what she envisioned, and just a, a, a cool guy that that she could hang out with. And you know, but we do see other other interpretations. For instance, here we have 
a lion that breathes dead bodies. And that's a, a it's a, a quite a popular one, you know, considering what other people in the town believe that there is just a, at the end, yeah, everything's going to be fine, but there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering along the way. See, mm. you mentioned Chloe. What I like about uh, the Glorgal is that you have different people who act as sort of the disciples who've written different parts of the Bible. So instead of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Chloe, for instance, has taken up her interpretation of Genesis, and it's just a, a little history of the band Genesis. That's right, and it's a you know it's it's pretty thorough. I would say it's better than the Wikipedia article, and I I, I would encourage everyone to read that. I when you look at the Glurgal versus the I guess uh, traditional born again Christian version of the Bible, and you look at that Genesis side by side, I think it, it's just very clear that one of them shows you that everything is going to be fine. And one of them really is setting you up for failure. Is there any uh, vengefulness in your God? Is, is there anything that you guys do that God maybe doesn't like? Um, the only vengefulness, and I even hesitate to use that word because, you know, God is whatever God is and everything's fine. The only vengeful portion would be if, if people tried to stop other people from thinking what they want to think or believing what they want to believe or acting on any impulse they might have, whatever it may be, uh, that would be looked down upon. But then again, other people might think that that wouldn't. I think if there's one thing, Elliot, that we've come to learn so far today, it's that even in something that sounds as final as a gospel, there is almost nothing that the people of the Born Again, Born Again movement will commit to. I can wholeheartedly agree with that, Vince, and maybe I can disagree. I don't know. I, I think I can do both almost. I would say that I both agree and disagree with that statement. I think we should all agree to disagree. It feels like my head is both spinning but also going nowhere at the same time. And that is the beautiful feeling that you get when you are a born-again, born-again. And it's just, it's living life in that moment in the way that you, as your pure being, wants to be. Because... You just know that everything's cool and everything will be fine. I'm kind of feeling like I've been born again again, but I was never born again in the first place. Like, does this is this a phenomenon that happens? Ah, yes. Um, so we we call you guys uh, quick birthers uh, because you, mm -hmm. you you've almost skipped a step, uh, but it's a it's a very fascinating and enlightening way to be and it's um i think you should be very grateful that your mind has the capacity to to quick birth yourself directly to be born again born again i'm really happy you say that because i thought that i was born again but it was just a time that i actually tripped into a mall uh, water fountain mm. and so i thought that i would be born again born again by coming to town but this quick birth thing i think eliminates that entirely i don't even think i was born again at that time right vince elliot i will be honest with you i have no idea and i don't know what you're saying well i'll tell you from a liturgical standpoint it could be either way i think that clears we should it have up. anticipated that answer absolutely uh elliot speaking of ways it could be there was one very specific way that it was for our great-great-grandfather and he detailed that in a journal let's explore that in the next segment it's called random thoughts so listeners random thoughts is this season's iteration of wouldn't you like to know 
Vince and I are going to read from Rand's journal from his time in his fourth all-time favorite town, San Guanajuato, New Mexico, and then we're going to hear from one of you. Uh, Vince, can you hand me the hermetically sealed journal? Absolutely, though. I've been told, here you go, by our contact in the artifice business that uh, repeatedly opening a hermetically sealed vessel and then handling the thing inside is sort of very defeating the purpose of a hermetically sealed vessel. Yeah, and there was that time a couple days ago where we were eating lunch and we didn't have napkins, and so we were using the pages of the journal as napkins. Yeah. That probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah, that's, you know, when you're right, you're right. But then again, hindsight is is like 20, 20 it's 40. It could be more than that. You know, I kind of like this ambivalence of the born-again, born-again movement. I think we should just go with it. It could be hermetically sealed. It could not be. Let's just throw it in the back seat of the RV and see what happens. Heck yes. Heck is cool. Can I say heck? So you could say whatever you would like. I Fuck uh, yes. There you go. That uh, uh, that is beautiful and godly. Actually, that was a terrible mistake. This will be demonetized on iTunes. Yes, it will be. It, it probably won't even make it to iTunes at this point. Looks like we're skipping our canned beans again, Elliot. Well, that's okay. I'm sure that Rand was skipping beans all the time here in San Guanajuato, New Mexico. It, it's a huge pastime, actually. And you guys just kind of do whatever you want. You go with the flow. If you want to skip beans, if you want to kick cans, it doesn't matter. If you want to play double neck guitars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, and, and if you guys do want to skip beans, you'll notice uh, in the alleyways next to the pull-up bars um, slash footholds, um, we do have open cans of dried beans. So if you want to skip some beans, uh, that's really where you want to go. I love it. Most places would preserve their beans by either canning them or drying them here. Best of both worlds. That's right. Elliot, what did our great-great-grandfather have to say about this town? Let's page through it. Oh. Hmm. This is very interesting, guys. I'm very excited to read this. Um, Rand says, uh, and this is dated. Actually, it doesn't have a date. I don't know why I said that. This is almost sort of a diatribe. He's talking about the original Born Again movement and then how it relates to the Born Again, Born Again movement. He says, Born Again Christianity is an archaic and trivial institution that needs to be rectified. But alas, I have found the answer here in San Guanajuato with the Born Again born again movement. I am, for the first time in my life, really soaking in what it means to be religious. I think at the crux of what makes people not like the born-again Christian movement is prayer, how you pray to God. And so I have a different list of how to acknowledge the Almighty God. And Almighty God is crossed out, and Rand has written a few different ideas of what to call him or her. One is sort of powerful guy. Below that is just Gary. That was one of his ideas. Gary question mark. I don't want to read over your shoulder, but it's yeah. Most of true. them have more definitive punctuation. This one's get. <laughs> this was like Gary. Yeah, like he was kind of figuring it out. I actually thought that was a barbecue sauce stain at first. Thanks for clarifying that, Vince. Um, and then the last one is Mr. Clouds with a star. And I'm not sure if the star is punctuation on a modern QWERTY keyboard or if that's just what he meant he liked it the most. Is a star a known wing ding? Is it in the wing dings? It is. I think so. Uh, uh, it is. Verified from someone who would know, star is a wing ding that you can do. So he goes on to, to have uh, actually three different prayers that he wrote 
uh, for the born again, born again movement. Guys, I think we should each read one of these. Uh, should I start off? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay. So this one Rand has just called the dinner prayer. Mm. It says, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Thank you so much. But we do acknowledge that we did all the work and paid all the money for this meal. So in a way, we're not thanking you that much. However, while we're not leaving you a seat at the table, we will put the leftovers in a partially open Tupperware so that if you're around later and you want to come by, you're more than welcome to eat them. Just make sure when you come in, uh, don't wake anybody up. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. I do like it. It is nice. I wonder it's beautiful. if now with the advancements to Tupperwares that have been made that, uh, you know, sort of a semi-opaque or transparent wear would suffice instead of leaving it ajar because I feel like you're losing a lot of that fresh seal. Yeah, but maybe that's part of it, you know, like God doesn't deserve the fresh seal. Mm, perhaps. Kev, you're a man of the cloth. Why don't you interpret this passage for us? I think it's saying that there is no way to preserve, but you can try if you'd like mm. to. Mm. That, that whatever we're holding on to will disappear like sand or water in our hands, but you can still try to hold it because it might have a good texture and it might feel nice to try and do so and try to hold on to some sort of meaning. And Love speaking it. of texture, you are a man of the cloth. What cloth do you prefer or that born again's born again's prefer? Generally denim. Oh. Um, as you'll see, I, I'm wearing a um, almost a, <laughs> for lack of a better term, a, a Jedi robe made of pure denim um and gorgeous thank you um and they're very popular and it's basically uh in our town uh, obviously fashions come and go a little bit but right now it's that and rave pants weirdly i've heard one of the things that you guys sort of are aligned with the classical interpretations of the bible is you don't like to mix fabrics that's in leviticus 4 they say you're going to hell but you guys probably don't take it that far that's right um at, at, at worst you would you know just look lame um we we don't mix fabrics generally if you if you'd like to um and i, I looking at uh, your outfits clearly you do and and that's i'm very suddenly self-conscious it, it's it's not something you should be self-conscious about you should be able to do whatever you would like and everything will be fine uh but you know here in town if you're going to go out and you're going to buy something likelihood is that it will be one fabric and that that fabric will be denim no you can't spell leviticus without levi and i think that's probably <laughs> why levi strauss uh gain prominence in the born-again, born-again movement. That is what we believe. Excellent. Um, well, I can read the next passage for us, and it's a twist on an old favorite. I think many of us who grew up in the breadbasket of Christianity, uh, actually, Elliot, you and I didn't. We grew up on a remote colony off the coast of Massachusetts, but a mm -hmm. lot of people would either way be familiar with this one. It's called the Lord's Prayer, uh, and it goes something like this, as Rand has transcribed. Our father, mother, or assigned guardian from the stars who art in wherever, yeah, and then the rest of it kind of fill in the blanks, A period, M period, E period, N period. Yeah, it's sort of like a Mad Lib translation of this. That's right. And actually, a lot of our prayers are written in Mad Lib, um, sorry, Mad Lib format. Has the Amen at the end been 
turned into a sort of anagram? It has, yeah. What does it stand for, Kev, if you don't mind my prying? No, 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 you're not prying at all. It it stands for And Mention Engineers Namaste. (laughs) A little bit of Buddhism or Hinduism in there. Yeah, crossing faith. Um, That... uh, Sure. If if that is your interpretation, that's a valid interpretation. Uh, it was uh, someone once wrote it down, and and that's what we say now. Um, really, we take it to mean the, you know, kind of the the engineering of life. And mm. personally, I don't know what Namaste means. Who does? I mean, m- many people, many billions of people. I would agree with you on that. I suspect many billions of people do know. I that. bet many billions of people have not read this next prayer that Rand wrote. Kev, could you do us the honor? Absolutely. Oh, and this looks like it's um, it's done in a little bit of a poem style, which is mm. um, also traditional or not. Um, and <laughs> here we go. Tick-tock. Tick-tock, tick. Our time is finite, and we will all die. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick. Or not. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Very powerful stuff. Ellie, can I get an amen for that? And mention engineers namaste. And mention engineers namaste. 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 So can you unpack this a little bit for us, Kev? This seems to be written, you know, on the cusp of Rand's full... Uh, transformation into a born-again, born-againer. That's right. Uh, and this is, you can see a lot of the born-again, born-againer ethos flowing through this, uh, what really feels like a poem. And um, part of that being definitely the style. Um, I, I, I know our, our listeners can't see, but, uh, you know, each word is about uh, eight inches tall and it, it really, you know, like written out um a very lengthy, lengthy poem. And you can also see the play with whether or not we are mortal. Uh, some born-again, born-againers do not believe that we will die, and others do. Yeah, everything about this movement is very push and pull. That's right. Uh, we don't want to rock any boats, and uh, it's actually why it's good that we are landlocked. Mm, right, because... <laughs> Yeah, there's no, there's very little boating. I mean, New Mexico is not renowned for its many lakes, and so it makes a lot of sense. Speaking of which, let's go through a classic myth, uh, just to derail us for a moment. The Ark, are you guys the type of people that are like, yeah, it happened, or no, that's pretty crazy? Oh, we, we believe fervently that maybe. I sh- as soon as I asked it, I kind of knew that that would be what you said, and... I just need to trust myself and trust in the Lord a little bit more. Hey, that's right. Or not. You know, some people do think that God is a useless construct and they don't believe in any way, shape, or form. And we welcome them to pray in our church. His his name's stuck. Do people call him God or do people call him Mr. Clouds now? Um, Mr. Clouds Star is actually very popular. What do you call him? I don't want Um, to put you on the spot to have you make any sort of decision. but No, that's okay. Um... I call uh, the Lord, uh, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I call him the big wing. Uh, that it's a, mm. uh, I, I imagine a big le- uh, feathered wing, just one, that's flapping mm. against an invisible body and tumbling over and over because it doesn't have the other wing to balance it out, and that is God. So it's kind of like, listeners, if you're picturing, this is what I'm picturing, like the Detroit Red Wings logo. That's an excellent depiction Mm. um, of what I consider our Lord. 
and as you can see um, in our church, we do have a giant Red Wings logo as part of our stained glass. Are they? Oh, I thought they were a sponsor. Interesting. Oh, no, we actually got in a, a bit of a legal fight there. But, um, uh, you know, traditionally born-again, born-againers don't make fantastic lawyers. It's hard to stick to an argument. And so, um, yeah, we just, uh, that's still in litigation, but we're just kind of avoiding the court. At the hey, my friend, we've been there. Uh, and why don't we go to hear from someone else who's probably had at least some kind of experience with something? Uh, that's why they'd be writing in. Uh, it's a listener question, and I believe that you have the envelope, sir. That is correct. And is this one right here? Yeah. Well, you have the envelope. I've been trying to hand you the letter, and you keep avoiding me. Yeah. I uh, do. You want? Uh, and you're gonna? Well, why I can, don't you I can just hold hand it open for you if you want? Uh, that so, would be great. So, hold it at a medium distance. The man's wearing glasses. Like, can you show? A little consideration. Okay, I'll pull back. I'm, I'm now four inches away. Much appreciated. Um, so this comes from Ali Garfavel, and Ali writes, um, I love your show, really enjoying listening and listening on the Top 20 Countdown. I was just wondering, uh, how much tab do you guys drink weekly, and is it a safe amount? Love, Ali Garfavel. Well, Ali... Um, and, and please feel free to add to this, Vince. On the back of every tab, cola can, it literally says no amount is a safe amount. So literally any drop that Vince and I have been drinking is probably deemed unhealthy by any amount of doctors. Or another interpretation. Uh, this is what the official publicity statement from Team Tab, hashtag Team Tab. We're all part of Team Tab here. It says, mm -hmm. because that there's no safe serving size for Tab, it could one way be interpreted in parentheses not by the fda nor the court of the united states of america and parentheses that any amount of tab is equally good and or if bad for you then no amount in terabang that is a beautiful statement i i am i am moved to tears right now and I, I am blown away, and that, that is also why I am part of Team Tab. Oh, uh, he's revealed a denim-embroidered Team Tab tank top beneath his robes. Beautiful. I think this was part of the campaign that Tab released um, that was trying to prove that Tab increased mental capacity. And that's that campaign was called uh, Two in the Pink, One in the Think. That's right. Uh, very popular campaign, really got to us here, and... Um, though this this tank top is quite itchy, and you can see how it has chafed me something rotten, I I wear it daily. Inspiring to see a man who's not only on God's team, but is on Team Tab. Thanks for writing in, listener, and thanks for reading the question. We kind of had to get there through a teamwork, and that is really something special. It really is. And I, I will just say, Ali, if, if you are ever in town, you can see our doctors, and they will they will give you a, a, a really clear diagnosis that you can or cannot drink tab, or both. You know, I actually went to one of your doctors uh, earlier this week. Um, I, I just rubbed up against a railing, and I thought I had a splinter, and, and so I went in, and they took some x-rays, they gave me some random pills uh it was sort of like uh in this ad hoc way of, of uh, the medical profession i really appreciated it absolutely did they um you know when you walk in they do have that bowl of uh, assorted pills and mm -hmm. sometimes i just walk in and take a few uh and it'll yeah. um it'll change your day the one i was at it was sort of like the you pick two menu at panera bread where you could kind mm -hmm. of 
pick like half ibuprofen if you wanted to get part of part of an x-ray with that you could maybe a bowl of soup yeah we um that that one uh downtown it's a it's a very um it's kind of a fast casual doctor chain and <laughs> i uh, it's very popular i love their popular. cough medicine in a bread bowl so cute. It's great. Actually, for a limited time, they are running a double... I, I, sorry, I don't don't mean to shell for anyone here, but uh, they are running a double bread bowl special, so you can get um, a bread bowl, but it's a it's a larger bread bowl, and you get two kinds of cough medicine, so you can get long, you know, slow release and quick release. Oh, that's awesome. And mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, they sort of put the bread bowls, uh, like, rim to rim, so it forms, like, a big cough syrup coconut. That's right. Cool. Really cool. <laughs> Shout out to Panera Bread. And Vince, I think we should talk about a different type of container. The container of the law and the legal system in our next segment. Elliot, a fine segue if I do say so myself. Thank you. Of course, uh, I'm referring to... You can't do that here. So listeners, you know that in many small towns across the country, there are weird, quirky, or idiosyncratic laws that are still on the books. Maybe from long ago, maybe from something recent. In this town, we're putting a twist on that old standby of a segment. We're talking, of course, about more things that are and are not allowed by the scripture of the church. So, Kev, obviously a lot of religious places in America have laws that abide by those religions. Now, the Born Again, Born Again movement is famously apathetic about about a lot of things. So what laws have you guys held over from the Born Again movement, and what laws have you decided to uh, create on your own? Well, it's actually, uh, it's been quite tough for us, and it took many years for the church to come to an understanding. You know, as we moved from a born-again town until we were born again again, we we had all these laws on the books, you know, you can't run on Sundays, you can't eat green food, you can't jump more than 12 inches high, and they were very restrictive. That's, that's really just what the town believed. But as we slowly moved to all be born-again, born-againers, we realized, obviously, this is not what the town wanted. Um, unfortunately, by that point, we had dissolved any semblance of a government uh, within our town and weren't able to vote them off the books. So actually, all of the laws um, from that time period do remain on the books. Uh, luckily, often law enforcement just uh, chooses not to enforce them because that is, of course, their choice. All right. Uh, trying to wrap my head around that, there's a lot to parse out. I think it makes a lot of sense that in a town that's so tolerant, there's not a lot of incarcerations going on. Maybe a better place to start is a place that we've already been, Elliot, and revisit our long list of is it a sins. I agree, Vince. Um, I think one question I did have, because my brother likes to indulge in uh, the inebriated type of drinks, is... Can you guys sell alcohol here on Sundays? That's a holdover law that a lot of places in America still retain. So what's San Guanajuan's take? So, uh, you know, as, as I said, the, the laws in the books are quite draconian. And um, technically, if you sell alcohol on Sundays, you're supposed to be burned in a trash barrel. Um, but uh, that, that doesn't actually happen here. And... Um, we really, uh, you're allowed to sell alcohol on Sunday, absolutely, from dawn till dusk, and beyond that. And uh, really, anyone 
You can sell alcohol by anyone and to anyone. And that is what we believe. Uh, but then again, some people don't believe that and will get very angry if you try and sell them alcohol on Sunday. Did that happen to St. Peter? He was burned in a trash can, right? I believe so. I am always torn with alcohol sale laws. On the one hand, I love an ice-cold brewski. On the other hand, anything that makes it more difficult for vendors of any kind to sell kombucha, I will support. <laughs> I'll support that legislation. I will cut off my beer nose despite my kombucha face it's very interesting too i think it sends a mixed message from the church and please don't be offended by this kev that instead of i don't think i can be oh i'm glad i'm glad um so i'll just go right ahead and continue with what i was going to say uh a lot of people um in let's say catholicism or christianity wear a collar a lot of people in judaism wear a yarmulke your version of that is one of those hats with two cans of beer that have dispensing straws into your mouth. Yeah, well, um, most of our clergy does like to be uh, quite buzzed at all times. And as you can see, um, I have them feeding, obviously, to my mouth. Uh, some of our more devout uh, practitioners actually will have uh, IVs coming from their beer hats uh, directly into their veins. So it seems in direct conflict with any law that's on the books, and you're saying that the the police officers do not care about this at all. Uh, that's correct. And um, we also do have a citizenry police force. Uh, so, uh, you know, while the police officers, the official ones uh, that we do have, um, Joe and Linda, and if you meet them, lovely people, uh, hate arresting anyone. They really just uh, don't do it. Um, but we, we do empower all our citizens to make citizens arrests. So um, I've been arrested personally 64 times this year. That sounds high. Maybe I've just been on the road too long, but that's an awful lot of citizens arrests. That's right. Um, but uh, hey, if, if they want to arrest me, who am I to... To say no. I think, you know, if you don't mind, I want to put you under arrest right now. Oh, uh, please. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of you. And uh, I am impressed the way the, that you commune with the Lord through arrest. Thanks. I, I mean, Vince, between you and I, we, we only have, what, like 20 citizens arrested between us? It's, it's kind of a business. I know. And we were going neck and neck for some time. But your insane habit of protesting hot dog stands saying... The only hot dogs should be southern climate dachshunds is led to a sort of a ramping up. The hot dog vendor will often have to citizen arrest you just so he or she or they can continue to peddle their wares. And I'm going to say it's my right to wear whatever sandwich board declaring whatever insane message I want. And that's another thing that I want to ask about. Uh, how do people feel about People who declare Doomsday is on the way here. Yeah, well, um, a a as I know deep in my heart, Doomsday is on the way. And, I, you know, I give us maybe 19 or 20 more years. But I, uh, I know that many of the people in town don't believe that. I, I have been arrested for saying that before. Uh, but many people in town don't believe that. They believe it's coming in maybe five years or three years. Um and then some of people, you know, are actually out there. They they believe we're we're good, and uh, Doomsday is not coming. Of course, when Doomsday comes, I, my version of Doomsday is just that everything ends, and then it's all fine. You know, you will see those people 
in other towns that have these sandwich boards that are very specific about the time and day of Doomsday. Walking around San Guanajandro, all the sandwich boards are kind of like what you're saying. It's Doomsday is coming, hell is upon us, maybe, in three to five years, give or take, let's say, a bunch of question marks. The end is nigh-ish. Oh, that's a, that's a very popular sign, actually, and we sell it on a denim t-shirt um, if you guys <laughs> want to buy one on your way out. Elliot, fire up the Etsy laptop. We have a laptop especially for Etsy purchases. Um, <laughs> if you want to go ahead and crack that open. Uh, <laughs> and then, Elliot, I think... Maybe just maybe it's time to crack open something special of our own. I think so too, Vincent. That's our next segment. Did you know? Elliot, your pronunciative nature on did you know has aged like a fine cheese. And where it once was a sort of ribald Monterey Jack, now it is the most succulently sour spice of a aged blue i'm glad you said that vince because sometimes when i hear myself saying it it's like because it's so perfect i've gone tone deaf to it mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, opera stars and podcast hosts the two things that happens to well listeners did you know is our rapid fire fast fact segment with five fast facts coming at you the listener from whatever town we're in vince do you have the first one i sure do elliot it goes a little something like this did you know that even though most things are cool here in San Guajandro, according to the Born Again, Born Again movement. Some things are considered, even by their standards, a little risque. Hmm. Can you elaborate? Yes, you sound suitably intrigued, Elliot, so I will. My acting class has been paying off then. You'll know this better than anyone, but isn't it true that some things are occasionally interpreted as the body and blood of Christ? Now, of course... For Catholicism, for instance, this is known as the communion wafer and the good old bottle of Shiraz. But it changes day to day. Any liquid can become blood on a daily basis, and any solid can become flesh. Kev, can you explain this mer- mercurial state of blood? Uh, so just today, I mean, what is blood what is communion is it tab is it something else um yeah tab today is blood and that's a very insightful um it's just a very in- insightful insight uh, that you have there but we did right uh, ahead to request it to be this way yeah and and uh we appreciate it you know tab has been blood many times here and obviously flesh today is the the lead of the can i uh, uh, we we practice global transubstantiation, so anything can turn into anything of Christ at any time. And if if you're in our local diner um, and and you're chewing in a you know into a nice big steak, uh, someone might stand up at the other end of the counter and say, "That's the body of Christ," and so it is. Elliot, let's try out this sort of liberal allowance of power what do you want to make blood of christ i got one in mind we'll say it on three okay one two, two three, three. antifreeze kombucha. oh for fuck's yeah. sake the kombucha move i should have <laughs> it's kind of telegraphed in retrospect and i actually do have uh three tall glasses of kombucha right here 
uh, that we can cheers to. And I will kindly ask you to pour that on the floor. To Vincent might as well be antifreeze. He will not drink that stuff. Okay. Well, I also have t- three tall glasses of antifreeze. Um, now that was more kind of hyperbole to accentuate the fact that I don't like kombucha. I also, I would, if you want to give me the kombucha instead, I definitely don't want to die of poison. Well, I, I, I didn't know what. Uh, you would think was blood today. So I do, as you guys can see, I have three glasses of various types of liquids laid out across the ground here. Yeah, you um, sort of did that prank where you bring in a bunch of like cups and fill them with water and then put them on the floor of someone's dormer office. There's like a <laughs> bunch of cups in here. It's like yes. very hard to walk around. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so we'll drink our way out um, through the various bloods of Christ. I'll strategically try to guide my way through the beers and Coca-Colas, I guess. Well, I will cheers to that. And guys, will you cheers me with whatever cup you decide to pick up to this next did you know fact? Did you know that San Guajandro technically doesn't have a name? Mm, that seems wrong. But I'm all ears. It actually is true. Listeners may notice that we keep going back and forth between saying San Guajandro and San Guanajandro. And that's because it just got put on one of Rand McNally's maps one way and one of his maps the other way. And you guys never really made a decision between which one it should be. So you go back and forth. That's right. And really, you can call the town whatever you would like to. And obviously, all citizens do choose a different name. Personally, I believe that we live in Sandwich. Sandwich? Sandwich. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a sort of a fun missaying of sandwich? Oh, no, just a... I, I, I had never actually looked at it that way. But if that's the way you would like to look at it, for sure... Um, for me, it, it just felt like, which am I, and which, where am I, and I'm saying. That's that's how I interpreted it, at least. That makes sense to me. It's great to have a town that can be whatever you want it to be. So often, towns are just defined by that ink that is written on a map, sometimes by our great-great-grandfather, but it seems like he thought ahead and helped you guys out with this indecision and this non-committalness. That's right, and he really was invaluable to this town for his ability to see everything and nothing at all at the same time. Cav, do you have the next Did You Know fact for us? I sure do. And did you know that uh, our church was actually built on a sinkhole? We run into a lot of interesting zoning quirks here on these parts, so this is kind of like a fine vintage for us. Was this uh, a sign from Mr. Clouds himself to, to build this on a sinkhole, or was this just uh, because somebody wanted to for some reason one day? I, I believe it's, the answer is both. Um, and when we when we were building, uh, when this church was built, uh, obviously I I wasn't around. It's uh, it, you know um, it is quite old and quite ancient, as you can tell from the dust. Um, no one sleeps because um, really no one wants to. But sorry, I'm getting a bit off track. The the sinkhole for us really symbolizes the fact that that life is right on the edge, but it's all going to be fine. And mm. and that when you're coming into the place of worship, you you acknowledge that that you're part of this earth that you could be taken back by this earth at any moment. Um, though some people do say that we're not built on a sinkhole and everything's fine. So there are no geologists or seismologists in town who will confirm or deny if the sinkhole exists. That's correct. We have several geologists and seismologists. I'd say they make up about 20% of the population together. Uh, <laughs> but 
none of them will confirm or deny. You know, ignorance is bliss, as they say, and I think that's a great way to look at the religion of the born-again, born-again movement. Uh, I will be honest with you both. I'm starting to lose focus on what exactly it means to believe in anything. I think you've taken your first step to being born-again again, and and I am... I am smiling and I am tearing up. I mean, there's an aura around you, right? Actually, no, that's just the light from the RNC laptop. Never mind. Yeah, we really ought to turn the brightness down. That thing has like 11 <laughs> minutes of battery life. I was going to say, I I almost can't see anything. It's uh, boiling it's the of... cups of liquid around it in the nearest vicinity. <laughs> that's right. And that's antifreeze, that, um, that it's boiling there. And I don't, I don't know if that, um, at what temperature antifreeze boils, but... Um, that's a hot lot. What do you want me to do? It's a ThinkPad from 1996. I mean, it's all we could afford, and all it does is run Etsy. You know, you, you think that... I, I can't even get this order to go through, Vince. Elliot, I, you've maxed out the digits. You're trying to order 9999 denim tank tops? Why <laughs> so because many? It's not my fault. <laughs> no. Because the 9 key is the only one that works. No, right. If, no, right. If you You're are right. ordering uh, a bunch of denim tank tops, could you add one for me? No. nine. No, we actually... No, no, now we have almost 100,000 in the cart. This will never process. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's convenient, maybe, that our credit card number is all nines, too. <laughs> but it's it's definitely fraudulent, for sure. Of... <laughs> um, well, so, this is unconventional, but let's run it back again. Kev, do you have another Did You Know fact for us? I sure do. Um, did you know that the world is ending today? <laughs> What? The world's going to yeah. end and we're, well, we're I, I got a, I'm getting mixed signals because I heard that it was ending like some time, like relatively soon. That's right. But uh, you see, I've changed my mind. And and now it, it's just so clear that, oh, it's it's going to end today and this is it. And I'm, I'm so happy to be here with you both as, you know, as it's going to end. And um, if you'll oblige, I, I'd love to hold hands now. I guess we should. Uh, better I mean, listeners, thank you for taking this journey with us. Uh, I, I, there are a lot of emotions that one feels at this moment here. My hands are brothers. Please join me. I mean, there's so many things I wanted to do, but if I'm taking the true born again, born again path, I'm, I don't really give a fuck. That's right. So. What is it? Are we? Is it sort of a rapture? Is it the earth crumbling to dust? Is it frog? Because one of them was sky frogs. There was like a sky frogs one that happened to Egypt. <laughs> yep, sky frogs. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, if this um, one's going to be sky frogs, Kev? Would you like it to be sky frogs? I guess because... of all of the ones that that seems like the least likely to kill us all. Well, if, if that's what you believe, then that's what will happen. Yeah, right? that one just seems to be like it would be as uncomfortable as a denim tank top. So I guess that would be fine. Please don't let it be denim tank tops. <laughs> uh, well, Elliot, as we maybe as you and I prepare for the ultimate sign off, uh, we can do a, a final did you know factoid together. Okay. Um, let's see how we're going to do this. Uh, I'm going to say what the Digino fact is, and then you can explain it, okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay, did you know the footwear of choice in San Guajandra, New Mexico, is sandals? Now, listeners, you would think that this is because uh, Jesus and his flock wore the first footwear of humankind, the sandal, in their days, but that's not the case. It's because sandals are known as the opposite of high ankle basketball shoes mm -hmm. and so it's sort of like it's sort of like the satan 
to the Converse High Tops Jesus. They want to worship both. However, people like Kev have retained the high top tube socks. So right now, Kev, you are wearing your socks in Birkenstocks. You can also opt for Tebas if you'd like. That's correct. And you'll notice my socks are made of denim. Denim socks, folks. <laughs> I have to say, I saw a pair of denim Crocs Yeah. that I also thought were... I mean, Crocs are basically sandals of the soul, as their own marketing executives say. Man, if it were up to me, I would put that on a stained glass window for the church. I think we could have that arranged. Absolutely. If that's something that is part of your initiation into being born again, again, we would we would love nothing more than to put that onto a stained glass window. And honestly, that fills me with the spirit that maybe today is not the day that everything ends. Oh, wow, I was kind God. of... Now I got all worked up for it. Oh, that's um, that's normal. And uh, as you as you go through the street and you see the different, uh, you know, uh, signboards that people are wearing of you know when the end is coming, you'll you'll learn to ride that emotional roller coaster of whether or not it's all going to end right now. Wow. Well, this roller coaster of an episode is pulling into the Carney Run platform. And uh, let's take a look at his proverbial toothless grin in a segment we call Wish You Were Here. Now, listeners, we used to write a letter from us to you. Now we write it from us to our great-great-grandfather. It goes something like this. Rand, wish you were here in San Guanajandro, or San Guajandro, New Mexico. A town where the faithful come to be born not once over, but a second time. A town where what you believe is what I respect. A town that brings apathy and nonchalantness to a whole new level of noncommittal. A town where God goes by many names. It could be God. It could be Mr. Cloudstar. It could be Gary. Probably isn't, but could be. Or it could be a random assemblage of wingdings. A town where you are always welcome. Or not welcome at all. In a town we're praying that you visit again in spirit because we're talking to Rand McNally. <laughs> Farewell from these parts to yours.